0: Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king, Here am I, send me. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. People have been recommending The Crown to me for several years. I just started watching the first season this past weekend and I'm already hooked on the story of England's Queen Elizabeth II, whose reign began when she was 27 years old and is now in its 69th year. I'm not surprised the show has been such a hit. Through millennia and across many lands, stories of monarchies have long fascinated people. In particular, the transition times, when one reign ends and another begins, invite reflection on the era coming to a close and evoke uncertainty and anxiety about what lies ahead. One can't help but wonder what effect this change of leadership will have on the people who live in the land. What was so significant about the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah makes such a point of highlighting it? Who was King Uzziah? The scriptures actually tell us a lot about him. He was 16 years old when he became king of Judah and he reigned for 52 years. For most of that time, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He was a popular, respected, much-loved king who oversaw developments in agriculture, built fortified towers, expanded commercial enterprise, and made impressive military conquests. He had much to be proud of. And then he became too proud so proud that he believed he had the right to be the first person who was not a priestly descendant of Aaron to make an incense offering to God in the temple. There are limits, even for a king. The book of Chronicles reports that as Uzziah approached the temple, 80 priests lined up to block his path, pleading with him not to commit this blasphemous act. This enraged Uzziah. Suddenly, scabs broke out on his face, a physical manifestation of his spiritual disease of pride. One moment, King Uzziah was the renowned ruler of Judah. The next moment, he was a leper and unclean. Rules about leprosy found in the book of Leviticus apply to everyone, no matter their status. The person who has the leprous disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head be disheveled, and he shall cover his lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. As a leper, King Uzziah must live in quarantine, hand over the rule of his kingdom to his son, and never again set foot in the temple. It is a sad, ignominious end to an otherwise illustrious reign. And it led to a period of tremendous anxiety about the transition of leadership. If something this catastrophic can happen under the reign of a good king What will happen to the people of Judah under the next monarch? Important events signify threshold moments. Think about the moments in your own life, which mark a transition between before and after. Graduation, marriage, divorce, illness, moves, the year you got sober, the day you were hired, The day you were fired. The day you became a parent or grandparent. The day you lost someone you dearly loved. These are threshold moments because after these events take place, whatever comes next is going to be markedly different from what came before. Threshold moments in the public sphere elicit the question, where were you? Where were you? the day that planes flew into the Twin Towers? What happened to you the year of the COVID-19 pandemic? Where were you the day George Floyd was murdered? Where was Isaiah the year that King Uzziah died? He was having a full multimedia vision of another king, the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty The hem of God's robe fills the temple. Six-winged seraphim fly back and forth, singing in antiphonal choirs. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. Their powerful song makes the pivots on the threshold shake, while smoke fills the temple. These sights and scents and sounds and vibrations overwhelm Isaiah with the realization that he is in the presence of God, in the very place his own leprous king was forbidden to enter. And he realizes that King Uzziah was not the only one unclean. Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah is terrified. He doesn't think he belongs in that temple with God. And then a seraph presses a live coal to Isaiah's unclean lips, blotting out his sin. King Isaiah had no power to cleanse himself or anyone else, but this King, the Lord of Hosts, overflows with power to cleanse, forgive, renew this king it turns out also cares about what's going on in the world outside the temple which is why the pivots of the thresholds are shaking these walls cannot contain god then i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us this passage is often referred to as the call of Isaiah. But I think that's a misnomer. Unlike other call narratives, God does not call Isaiah by name here. God is not even talking to Isaiah. But Isaiah volunteers to serve anyway. We can almost see him raising his hand, jumping up and down, saying, here am I, send me. A simplistic interpretation of this scripture passage suggests we're all meant to emulate Isaiah, raise our own hands and say, here am I, send me. So I think it's important for us to remember how unusual Isaiah's response was. Other people whom God actually did call by name, like Moses or Jeremiah, for example, weren't so eager to serve. They made excuses. I have a speech impediment. Don't you want someone who can talk better? I'm too young. Don't you want someone more experienced? The scripture suggests it is wise to be cautious when discerning a call from God. Something Isaiah might well agree with after he hears the details of the mission on which God sends him, which evokes his despairing response, How long, O Lord? Most of us, thank God, are not called to be prophets. So today I want to focus less on Isaiah's here I am, send me moment, and more on his vision, which changes Isaiah's entire perspective of himself, his people, and his call. In the year that his flawed earthly king dies, Isaiah sees a mighty and powerful king, one whose glory spills beyond the temple walls, filling the whole earth, an eternal, transcendent, yet present Lord who forgives and renews and cares very much about what is happening here on earth, a God who remains constant through all the changes and threshold moments of our lives. As you may know, I am in a threshold moment myself. I've been on the staff of this church for 17 years. For the past 15 years, I've overseen congregational care and outreach ministries, the last 10 of them as this church's installed associate pastor. The year of the COVID-19 pandemic, while hard in so many ways, provided me with an opportunity for reflection, for looking back and looking forward. My professional reflections led me to realize that 15 years of providing administrative oversight for these two program areas felt like the right amount of time. I began to discern God calling me to shift my focus back to direct pastoral care which is how I began working at this church. I've always valued this congregation's commitment to staying connected with members no longer able to attend church. In a congregation our size, it makes a difference to have a pastor dedicated to that ministry. I'm looking forward to being that pastor again. On a personal note, the church staff's shift to working Monday to Friday during the COVID-19 pandemic meant that, for the first time in our nearly 28-year marriage, my husband, Jim, and I were on the same work schedule. We discovered that we liked that and realized we didn't want that to change. When I begin my work as parish visitor in the fall, I'll be working Monday to Thursday, 30 hours a week. In 2017, on Reverend Randy Weber's last Sunday before he retired from Fifth Avenue, he shared a story of running late for a meeting with the beloved pastor, Ken Jones. Ken was walking more slowly and told Randy, you run on ahead. Ken returned to the church and died later that day at his desk. Randy said he always felt like those last words were Ken's parting gift to him his passing of the baton. At the end of his sermon, Randy gave batons to me and Scott and Charlene that said, you run on ahead. Earlier this week, I passed my baton from Randy to my colleague, Reverend Werner Ramirez, Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church's next associate pastor for congregational care. Earlier this spring, I passed a figurative baton to our new Director of Outreach and Missions, Christine Boyle, who has assumed executive oversight of the Ecumenical Outreach Partnership, our collaborative ministry with St. Patrick's and St. Thomas to address the crisis of homelessness in Midtown Manhattan, along with the church's other outreach ministries. I am so grateful that God and this congregation called me to such meaningful work these past 15 years. And I'm thrilled that these ministries are now blessed with the leadership of these wise, capable, compassionate colleagues. Beginning June 1st, I will be taking a leave of absence. I'll be out of the city most of the summer, spending time with my extended family. And I'll look forward to being back with you all on Homecoming Sunday ready to embrace my new calling as this congregation's parish visitor. Changes and transitions and moments of crossing thresholds, whether from one government to another, one job to another, one home to another, one pastor to another, one chapter to another, are rarely easy, but they often overflow with blessings, and grace. Isaiah's vision reminds and assures us that God is bigger than all our comings and goings. That God's glory fills the whole earth and that before our chapters of life begin and long after they end, the heavenly choirs will be singing hymns of praise to the God who was and is and will be forevermore. It is our gift to be able to join them for a time. Friends, life is short and we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who make this earthly pilgrimage with us. So be swift to love and make haste to do kindness and the blessings of God Almighty the Father who creates, the Son who redeems, and the Holy Spirit who stirs the heart and soul be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen.